bless you this morning. Welcome to another edition of the Arising, the Gathering of the Saints for the purposes of the Lord. We're so glad that you could be with us today. My name is Henry Falcone from Flame of Fire Kingdom Advancing Messengers, and it is a pleasure and honor to be with you this morning. I'm going to check and make sure that we are broadcasting on Facebook. There we are. Awesome. So they can see any any uh, chats on there so I can read them. And we are broadcasting, so that is excellent. It is such an honor to be with you this morning. Please, um, if you would, just uh, uh, sign in. Let us know where you're from. We'd appreciate it very much. And uh, this way we can pray for you. And also, if you have any comments you want to write on the chat line, feel free to add any comments as the Lord leads you. Amen. We are trying to work at improving the quality of our broadcasts. And so I have a new microphone. I hope it will work well uh, for, for us so that you can all hear well. But thank you for joining this podcast. It's a blessing to be with you, a blessing to be with the Lord. It's a blessing to hear a present word from the Lord this morning and what God has to say to us to prepare us for his end time purposes on the earth. So it is with great joy um, that we are able to uh, come and be with you today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. As you can see, my window's behind me and you can see the sun shining on my curtains. But uh, praise God. It is a, a blessing, uh, a real blessing to uh, be with you today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You can see that behind me, that little statue is our eagle's nest. And uh, this is a gathering of the eagles. Amen. Praise God. I'm glad the sound is excellent. Thank you, Reverend Lynn, for, for sharing that with us from Colorado. Glad that you're on with us this morning. Praise God. This microphone is a blessing, and I finally get to use it. I've had it for a little while, but uh, didn't have a really way of getting it to work. But uh, um, but fortunately, my IT guy, got, IT guy got it working, and hopefully we'll have much better quality sound and video uh, for you. Amen. Let's go before the Father. Abba, we love you. Blessed are you, O King of the universe, creator of all things. We honor you this morning. We bless you this morning. We praise you this morning. Lord, there is no one like you. You are our very present help in time of trouble, and our eyes are upon you. Lord, you know what's about to unfold on the earth. You already planned it. You predestined it, Lord. And you, predest and you predestined a people of overcomers to work with you for your end-time purposes on the earth. A bride, a man-child, company, Lord. Overcomers, Lord. Full-grown sons and daughters of God. Lord, that you prepared for yourself to be a body, a wheel within a wheel. So, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And we come to seek you and to cooperate with you. And we surrender our lives. We give you the totality of our being, our body, soul, mind, spirit. And we say to you this morning, all that I have, all that I am, all that I ever will be is yours. We give it to you freely, Lord. We don't want to make our own choices anymore. Lord, we, we want, Lord, we, we don't want to live for our will. So we say, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I know you've allowed the pressure and the fire and the circumstances to refine us like gold and like silver, like pure gold and silver, so that we can bring to you offerings of righteousness, Lord. 
Thank you for working in our lives. Thank you for not listening when we kick and scream, Lord, when we're not seeing you or seeing your desires in the midst of the storms. Thank you for opening our eyes to find you, to enter into the true rest of God. I pray this morning that we enter into that true seventh day rest of the Lord, that Sabbath rest. So no matter what's coming, no matter what's here, no matter what's around us, Lord, we're in your rest. We're in the secret place of the most high God under the shadow of the almighty. Lord, I pray for such a breakthrough this morning that you are the God of miracles. Lord, transform us, form us, mold us, shape us. And you promised us in Revelation chapter five that you're forming us into a kingdom a priest and kings unto you, God, that we might rule and reign with you. That's our heart's cry. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood. And we ask you to forgive us for any word, action, deed, sin that we've done against you or anyone, Lord. And that you would wash us in your blood, Jesus, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I thank you that we can come to the bold of grace to the, the bold of, uh, huh, we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. And that's what we receive, a mercy in our time of need. We forgive all those who've trespassed against us, Lord. We hold nothing against anyone, Lord. We release them. As you've forgiven us, we forgive them. So give us today, Lord, our daily bread. Lord, and I thank you that we can say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you, Lord, that you lead us not into temptation, but today that you deliver us from all evil. For truly thine is the power, the glory, and honor forever and ever. Lord, thank you for your dying on the cross for us. Thank you for washing us in the blood. Thank you that you gave your body as a living sacrifice. And because of that, we've been we've been disconnected. Lord. Because of what you've done, we've been disconnected from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we've been reconnected to the tree of life. And Lord, as an overcomer, I pray today that we can eat from that that we could eat the hidden manna from the tree of life today, that you would feed us the hidden manna, that you would cause us to grow exponentially today beyond the years of where we are naturally as believers, that you would grow us up into the fullness of maturity, Lord, so that our life would become the reflection of your life, that we would decrease, Lord, and that you would increase so that you would be seen. You said in that day, Jesus, you would come. So thank you for coming right now to be seen glorified. Yes, Lord, that's our prayer, that you'd be seen glorified in each and every one that's watching this broadcast in our families. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to change us, mold us, refine us. I thank you for the spirit of burning and the spirit of judgment that's beautifying us today and that you're pitching a, can't, uh, you're pitching a tent of your glory around us to lead us by a cloud by day and a fire by night on the inside. And now, Lord, to you who can do exceedingly above all that we could ask or think, to you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. If you're on Facebook, this is a good time to do a watch party. You can hit that watch party bark, uh, button and maybe others will be able to join in with us. It would be awesome. Let's see if I can get on here. Let's, let's, okay, I want to see if I can see any comments. I'm not sure why I can see it. There we go. Okay. D. Perkins, God bless you. There we are. So good to have you on today, sister. So glad that you're doing better. We have surely prayed for you and thank you that God has healed you and we miss you much. And thank you for being able to get on the broadcast this morning. Praise the Lord and all of you that are joining. Praise God. It's a blessing. If nothing, beloved, we, since 2020, we have been in the greatest transition 
in the church, in God's house than we've ever been since the days of Jesus. When John the Baptist came on the scene, there was a transition from, from one period to another, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There was a transition period. And the Lord sent his messenger, John the Baptist, to prepare a way for the Lord's coming. And in these last days, God is preparing a company of John the Baptist to prepare a way for the Lord's coming a second time. But he's not coming as he came the first time. He's not coming as, as the Lamb of God. He's coming back as the Lion of Judah. He's coming back as the, the Omega God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, like John sees in, in Revelation uh, chapter uh, 1. Amen. It's good to have coffee with you this morning. So grab a cup of coffee if you haven't or tea or whatever your favorite beverage is. And let's let's break the word of God down together today. Amen. We are surely in a time of transition. You see, at the end of the age, at the end of the church age and the beginning of the transition into the kingdom age. So many beloved. I need to just rearrange a couple of things over here so I can see just a little bit better. Let me just move this over. Working my equipment here. Thank you for your patience with me. Okay. Okay. Many are going through difficult and trying wilderness, fiery furnace, lion's den experiences. And these experiences are for a purpose that we must understand if we're going to be the to see the arising of God's kingdom people. We are in a season right now, beloved, of great transition, of great pressure. I said this yesterday that Second uh, Peter chapter 3 says, in the last days there'll be perilous times, hard to deal with and hard to bear, hard to bear. And many of you have gone through severe afflictions. Many, right, are the afflictions of the righteous, but God, you know, delivers us from them all. I said yesterday, if I had to choose what I'm going through right now, I would never choose this and neither would you. Over these last few years, there's been an intense dealing of God, an intense dealing with God. And many beloved saints of God who love God and passionately love them have gone through tremendous trials, tremendous situations, tremendous breaking, you know, attacks physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, family, business, work, churches, ministry. We faced an onslaught of the enemy, especially since 2020. Even more, there's been an accelerated onslaught. Hatred's been released in this land like never before. And Christians are being hated more and more each day, you know, by the world and those that are, are, are part of that antichrist system. And so it's not getting easier. And if you noticed after 2020, what we, we, we haven't lived the same. We can't live the same. Everything's changed. Our nation has changed. The government's changed. And you see it. All you have to do is turn on the news to see what's going on in the world. You can see what's happening with President Trump, a former President Trump and President Biden. You just see all, uh, all what the enemy's doing to disrupt, destroy what this nation was supposed to be, one nation under God. You can see how the enemy is working to destroy the families by all this stuff that they're trying to do with our children. You know, trying to push on them this new agenda of identity, of sexual identity and all the other things that, uh, um, you know, and, and uprooting the traditional uh, marriage, you know, between a man and a woman and what they're doing now that you can pick whatever you want to be. 
And see, that's the fruit of the tree of knowledge and evil, that you get to be your own God. You get to decide what you are, who you are, where, where you go, what you do. And the fruit of sin is and the fruit of sin is rebellion against God. And that rebellion against God is that you choose and not God. You take the place of God in your own life. You take your own, you take the place of God so that you can choose what's good and what's evil and you set your own boundaries. And because of that, so, so, so many, um, good morning, sister Lydia from Australia. God bless you. Glad you could catch a little bit this morning. Amen. A little bit's better than nothing. We love you and you're a precious prayer warrior. We thank you. All of you are. So thank you for that. But amen. Good morning, my love. My wife is watching and she's helping this morning. And anyways, you look at what's going on in the world and you say, what is this? I can tell you, I, Donna and I talked about this. If we had ever, if, we, if 20 years ago, would we think what we see right now we'd ever see, you know? From the from the transgenderism and to to the um um you know to all the all the stuff that you see, you know going on, you know in the world, you'd never believe it. We never believe that we would believe the things that we're believing. You'd never believe that you know that 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 people would believe that even though they were born a biological male, that they can be something else or female. You wouldn't have believed it. But here we are, right? Here are we. Here we are. And a season on this world of complete chaos and confusion, you know, and it's growing more and more in every day. You know, you can see how the enemy is coming to disarm our nation and to bring forth a one world order. It's pretty clear. You can see it just like the Bible said was going to happen. You know, the Antichrist system filling the church, turning many away from the faith. You can see it. Many have turned away. Many churches, denominations have gone the way of, you know, of the, uh, of, of the lie. They, 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 they say the Bible's not true anymore. And they just accept anything and everything that comes. And there's no more sin. Everything's okay. I'm okay. You're okay. That's the world we're living in right now. And it's breaking down more and more and more. The, the nuclear family is breaking down more and more. You don't have to be married. You can live together. And it doesn't marry who you marry. It doesn't marry what you marry. You know? So all the very things that God has established and created, the enemy is trying to pervert, destroy, and recreate in his own image. And he's trying to recreate the church in, in another image than, than the other image of God. But yet, where sin abounds, the Bible says, grace shall what much more abound. Are we ready to face what's coming? Are we ready to face what's here? Is your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, are they ready have we prepared them? Have we prepared the people of God for what's coming on the earth? You know, we're, we hardly made it through through uh, COVID. But could you imagine tomorrow if an edict went out that you can't buy or sell without taking the mark? You know, or 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 the whole monetary system's taken over by by the one world by one world government. Would we be able to function? Would we trust God? Would we be able to believe God if you couldn't buy and sell? How many would take the mark? How many would be deceived that it's not really a mark? See, we don't know because everybody's waiting to for the rapture to get out of here. And boy, that better happen. Otherwise, a lot of people are going to be really disappointed and not prepared for what's coming. If the rapture doesn't happen before uh, that, for the, for the tribulation period, how many Christians will not have faith to stand? Imagine if that doesn't happen that way. Imagine if some people believe it's going to happen in the mid, mid, mid part of tribulation. Some post, some don't believe it at all. But what if it doesn't happen the way that we think? The question is, are you ready for what's coming? The question is, are we ready for what's coming? Does God have a plan 
to ready a people, to be ready for what's coming? And the answer to that question is yes. And that's what 2020 was all about. I want you to notice that it was in March, okay, 3, 2020, you know, the third month of the year that everything shut down. The church closed all over the world and people couldn't meet together and all our programs and all our systems came to a stop for many, for 99.9% .9 of the church came to a stop and no one knew what to do. Pastors didn't know what to do. People didn't know what to do. And then they started doing online broadcast and trying to, you know, how do you function when you can't go anywhere? How do you function when you can't go to work? How do, how do you function when you can't go to the grocery store? How do you function with this food shortages and supply shortages? Everything changed. Our transportation system got backed up. Everything changed. And that's just the beginning of the changes coming. And that was hard to deal with. But God has a plan. And that's what this broadcast is. It's about the, the Lord's, the gathering of the saints, of, of the remnant of God that will become full-grown sons and daughters of God. And that's wonderful. But because we're becoming full-grown sons and daughters of God doesn't mean we have to build more organizations and more apostolic, apostolic this and that, and prophetic this and that. Not that those things can't happen. But there's something greater that God is doing. He's actually building us together, living stones, being built up into a spiritual house. He's actually bringing us, he's actually forming us, he's hand-forming us into a kingdom people. That's what this broadcast is about. He's hand-forming us into a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God that can rule and reign with him forever and ever. He's forming a people who will be completely overcomers as found in Revelation chapter two and three and walking in the fullness of those promises and rewards of the overcomers. He's, he's forming us to sing a new song found in Revelation five, six through 10, a new song that we'll be singing that he has chosen us out of every tribe and every nation. And he has formed us into a kingdom. Isn't that beautiful? And he's formed us into a kingdom of priests and kings unto our God to rule and reign with him. He's forming us as a bride, a new Jerusalem city that's coming down from heaven, all adorned in white. He's forming us as a man-child company that's immediately right now being birthed up into heaven into a new place of rulership. And as that man-child company is lifted up, what happens? The, the, the devil and his demons are cast down. So as this people of God, this remnant people are lifted up into the second heavens and, the, and to enter into the throne room of the third heavens with the Lord, Satan is cast down to where they were. He's down here now and he's angry because his time is short and he's got to chase that woman for, for, for the time that it says in the Bible for three and a half, three and a half years. So there's two groups of people, one that's going to be chased by the enemy and one that's going to be overcoming him as overcomers, as a bride, as a new Jerusalem city. And so right now, you and I get to decide by our choices what part of that company we will be. Will we be those of the company that just make it into heaven with the white robes, you know, washed in the blood, crying salvation, salvation? Notice there's two testimonies in Revelation 7. They're crying, you know, uh, salvation, salvation. That's all they have. They have their initial salvation. They even have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they don't have the extra wine. They've never been changed. They never became an overcomer. Versus the overcomers in Revelation chapter five who are singing. So you have a choice of two testimonies. You can sing or cry. I want to sing. I don't want to cry. I want to sing. And notice that it, you know, the Bible says, sing unto the new song, sing unto the Lord a new song. 365 times it says it in the Bible. Sing unto the Lord a new song for every day. 
And notice the overcomers have a singing position and not a crying position. That's what this series is about. And so how do how does God prepare us? Why are you going through what you're going through? Why is it what God is doing in you is so different than what God is doing in many who are staying in the church age? If you understand what I'm talking about of entering into the third day kingdom age, which the year 2000 came, okay? It brought us out of the first 2000 years, two prophetic days, a day's like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day, Peter said. So for 2000, the first 2000 years of the church age, we, we, we preached the gospel of salvation. But on the third day, Jesus said, the last days, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a witness. And then the end will come. Now, the gospel of the kingdom is not a different gospel. It's the fullness of the gospel. It's not only being saved, but it's being finished. It's being completely saved. And that's why it says, you know, uh, in, in Philippians, that he that has begun this good work, he, God, who began this good work with you, will be faithful, what? To complete it even to the end of the age. So we have our initial salvation of being saved and washed by the blood of the lamb. And then we have the sanctifying work of Jesus that changes us so that we can become full grown sons, which is the finishing salvation so that we can be holy his. And that's where we're at. And we're in the finishing work. The third day, this 2000 years that Jesus said, he said in, 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 in uh, uh, Luke chapter 13, the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, you know, Herod's coming to kill you. And Jesus replied, go tell that fox that today and tomorrow, say two prophetic days, today and tomorrow, I do healings and miracles, but on the third day, I'll finish my course. So on the first two days, we've had healing, deliverance, right? Uh, salvations and all the wonders. And that's perfect. That's exactly what was supposed to happen in that age. But on the third day, he says, I'm going to finish my course. On the seventh day, God entered his rest. Hebrews writes that, that, that there is still Hebrews chapter three and four tell us about the rest of God, that if Joshua had, had given them entrance into the rest of God, there wouldn't be a need for another day. So today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today, the Lord tells us that if we open a heart, there's a third, there's seventh day rest of God. And that's where we are. The third day is the of the days, prophetic days of the church. The seventh day is from mankind, from Adam to Jesus. It was 4,000 years. From Jesus to 2,000 is 2,000 years. And we completed 6,000 years or six days. If you notice and in the miracle of Canaan, there were six clay parts, six days, number of man. And when the Lord was going to release his glory and do a miracle so that the wedding could be completed, he told them to fill the clay pots up with water. And he did. And when they took some out, you know, and gave it to the master of the feast, that water had changed to wine. And when the master of the feast drank that wine, he said, wow, surely people mostly serve the best wine first. And when people get drunk, they serve the cheaper wine. But you have saved the best wine for last. That's what we've been saying. That's the message of the kingdom, that God has saved the best wine for, less, for, for last. And to drink this new wine of the kingdom age, you have to have a new wine skin of kingdom revelation, understanding. And that revelation of kingdom understanding begins in Revelation chapter one, where John hears the voice of the Lord differently, completely different. He hears the voice of the Lord as a war trumpet. And when he hears the voice of the war trumpet calling him, it says he turns around to see the voice that was calling it. And when he did, he sees Jesus. 
He doesn't say it's Jesus, but he describes him. And I've taught about it, you know, with eyes of fire, hair as white as snow, a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. His face glistening like the noonday sun, seven stars in his right hand, his feet burning like brass, a fight, a, a, a gold um, sash around his waist. And Jesus says to him, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. He doesn't say, here I am, Jesus. He says, here I am. He says, I am the Alpha, and Omega. See, this is a new revelation. This is the revelation of Psalm 27, the King of Glory. That's it. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Right? He that has clean hands and pure heart. And they go up to the mountain of the Lord. And they lift up their heads as a gate. And they lift up their heads as an everlasting doorway. Why? To let the king of glory come in. This day is about the king of glory coming in. This day is about Revelation 3.20, where we've opened the door to Jesus. And he's coming in to sup with us and sup with him in a brand new and different way. It requires a new mindset. It requires new clothing in Zechariah chapter three as a high priest that to have for God removed the filthy garments and to, and, and to clothe us with royal robes and put a new turban, a new way of thinking on our head. You see, the, the, new, the, new, the new clothing, that royal clothing is the new wineskin Joshua needed to finish rebuilding the temple. And the new turban on his head was a new way of thinking to be able to do it. And that new way of thinking was to be able to receive from those two lampstands and from those two, to those two olive trees that were supplying an unceasing supply of oil. And when he asked him, what Zechariah, what that was, he says, I don't know. He says, well, I, let me tell you the meaning of it. He says that those two olive trees pouring the oil into those lampstands are the word of the Lord to Joshua and Zerubbabel, that it's not by might. Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You see, you got the king and the priestly ministry together there. The priestly ministry, the kingship, the sonship, the, the, the sonship and the bride. And the Lord in this last day is giving an unceasing supply of oil. It's a divine intervention of God that will change you from water to wine. That wine is the new wineskin. That new wine will form you into what you are created to be, for God to finish you, to complete you. And the new and the, and the new turban gives you the ability to think differently, to see differently, to have the actual mind of Christ so that we cooperate with him in a new and a different way. That's why we had to burn the ships in 2020. God told Donna you know, to burn the ships. That we had to lay the ministry work we were doing down, our lives, our family, everything down in 2020. So that we could begin to see what God was saying and doing. I never, I just, a week before 20, maybe two or three weeks before 2020, I started doing a, a sample broadcast. I never wanted to do these type of broadcasts, never. People told me I needed to do the broadcast. I said, no, I don't want to do them. I don't, I, one of the reasons why I didn't want to do them is because I don't like all the professionalism or like, like I'm watching a TV program, you know, filled with commercials. You know, and, you know, and it's, and ew, I just didn't want to do that. I wanted something to be real. I wanted it to look real. I don't need a fake background behind me. Not that you can't have one if you want to use one, but you know, this is my office. This is my meeting room with the Lord. Where else would I want to broadcast from? You know, yes, we can have a quality broadcast, nothing wrong with that. And I hope this will be a quality broadcast. That's, you know, that, that is, is, is good to watch and the quality of the sound and video are good. There's nothing wrong with that part being right, but I wanted it to be real. I wanted it to be, you know, as, you know, as, as real and transparent as possible. 
so that together we can learn about God, together we could see God today, together we could hear a present word of the Lord that would transform our lives. And from 2020, God really took all that he had taught me and Donna for all these years, and he put it together and began to unfold the glory roadmap of Revelation chapter one through five. You know, I wrote about it many years ago in a book called The Anointing of the Moment and wrote recently about it in another book called The Transformational Marriage Supper of the Lamb, which you can find on our website if you want them. They're free downloads, you know, if you want to read them, where I write about these things. But God wanted me to start broadcasting to prepare a people to bring a different word, a word in season. That's what I pray that in Isaiah uh, uh, 50 verse 4, it says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That's what I hope that I might be, that I may know how to speak a word. That's what I pray I'm doing, that I may know how to speak a word in season to them that are weary. Morning by morning, he awakens my ears that I may be taught, you know, uh, as the Lord did, as one that's being a disciple taught by the Lord. Psalm 32, 8 says this, that I, the Lord, will teach you and instruct you in the way that you should go. And I will guide you with my own eye. That verse reveals to us a continuous teaching and dwelling in companionship with the Lord. I, the Lord, will teach you and instruct you in the ways that you should go. When? Every minute of the day. That's why when I read to you yesterday, Isaiah chapter 4, about the Lord will pitch a canopy of his glory as a, as a spirit of burning and judgment, burn out all the impurities in our heart and our lives and our mind and purify us and purify our motives. The Lord pitches a canopy over us and he leads us. And it says, and he will lead you by a cloud by day and a fire by night. Beloved, this day is going to require us to have such a sensitivity to the Lord that we don't dare move anywhere or do anything without him. We have to have the Lord burn up that unilateral decision making with us where we make our decision and choices independent from the Lord. You see, in the church age, we've had we had. It's almost like God winked at, winked and turned the other way. And we made our choices and we made his choices. And we lived in a mixture of our choices and his choices. But in the kingdom age, there's no such thing. There's only one will. There's always been one will. And the Lord has to send the refining fire. And the Lord has to send the fuller soap and the spirit of judgment, spirit of burning to purify and to empty us of our strength, our strength to choose what we want, our ability to do what we want willingly and lovingly we don't have to we can keep it and we can enter we can enter into heaven and have our whole life be wood hay and stubble and cry salvation and thank god you'll be saved and there's a place for you because salvation is a gift it's free you don't earn it but our position with the lord our placement with the lord is determined by the choices that we're making right now and god has to remove every independent part of us that wants to move without him jesus said Apart from me, you can do nothing. So therefore, the refining of the Lord, the breaking of the Lord, God has to finish and complete a people. Now, if we were to stay on course where we are right now, we're never going to get there. He knows that, you know, where we're at. So the Lord has come in a divine third day intervention to go beyond our weaknesses, go beyond our failures. And he's going to move uh, supernaturally upon us and in us, within us, beyond our weaknesses. He has to. He has to go beyond our weaknesses, beyond our failures. He has to go beyond our trying to get sanctified on our own strength and bring us into a divine end-time intervention as powerful as one that saved you is this intervention that's going to complete you. 
we didn't save ourselves and we can't complete ourselves. And that's why we have to understand the process of the Lord. What is God doing today? Why am I going through these things so that I can cooperate fully with the Lord so God can complete his work in me in an accelerated way so that I can walk in full grown maturity now. I know people claim they, because, because they know it, they walk in it now. They think just because they got understanding of it, they can walk in it. No, they can't just walk in it. It has to be revealed in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory is Christ revealing himself in us. And so we have to decrease so that Christ can increase so we can be seen. Just making sense to anybody. You all with me? Am I still on the air? Feel free to write any comments. So, in this transition from the second day to the third day, many are going through difficult and trying wilderness experiences. These experiences, I got to just move my coffee cup over here, sorry. So I'm going to just move it over here. Okay. These experiences are for a purpose that we got to understand, beloved, and accept if we're fully to be prepared for the outworking of our calling and ministry. We have to do it. Now, two of the biblical transitional messengers are Moses and John the Baptist. Those are, those are ministries and people the Lord has really put on my heart to understand their function and purpose because to understand that both of these men, John the Baptist and Moses, were to bring a people from one place to another. And we're to walk in that Moses and John the Baptist anointing because you as a husband, you as a wife, you as a mother and father have to help your family transition from one place to another. You can't be still with your children. We can't be quiet. We can't keep quiet and just tell them business as usual, church as usual, as we've known it to be. We are not where we were, beloved, and we're never going back. See, that's the key that we have to understand. So. Each one of these men, excuse me, my, my, I'm having a little difficulty with my eye here, okay, were taken into an extended wilderness experience. They were brought into an extended wilderness experience. So was Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights, to be prepared for the transition in their times. They were, and today we're in that time of transition. Therefore, many of you are being called, many of you called apart to be, excuse me, many of you called apart by the Lord are to be made ready. We're being made ready to fulfill our part, beloved, to fulfill our part. And all that's about to take place in the church and in the nation. That's what we're, this, that's what this is about. This is about being prepared. And it sure doesn't, I can tell you personally, it doesn't look like that. I mean, I'm a wreck. I'm a mess. I'm not afraid to tell you that. Yes, God has worked in my life, but I know that this fire of the pressure and intensity, God is after the deep things, all the things that we've held on to, everything that we trusted in, every person we trusted in, so that we trust in no one but God. We rely on no one but God. We do nothing without God. And that requires giving God the totality of our being, beloved, the totality of our being as a living sacrifice. 
And the Lord has allowed the pressure to see what we're going to do. He already knows what we're going to do. He already knows what we're going to do. But we need to see what we're going to do. We're going to see how quickly when the pressure is, how upset we get, how angry we get at others, ourselves, God. In the pressure, we see where we put our hands to and we fix things and how upset we get, how frustrated we get. For in that pressure cooker, okay, everything, remember, in that refining fire, fuller soap, all the dross has to come to the top. God has to remove the impurities for that gold to be pure. A goldsmith has to remove all the other metals that are mixed with the gold for that gold to be pure. And to the degree they can remove the metals, the, 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 the degree, the quality of the gold is from 10 carat, 14 carat to 24, is it 18, 24 carat gold? The finest gold has the greatest refining. And that's not a, that's not a word most of the body of Christ understands. You know, they understand tests and trials, but they don't understand that God is refining us like gold. God is forming us. He's forming us as a weapon with him in this last days. He's forming us as a kingdom people, as a spiritual weapon that will show forth the praises of him that calls us out of darkness into his glory, glorious light. He's forming us as kings and priests so that we can sing the new songs and sing the high praises of God in our mouth and jump on our beds, right? And a two-edged sword in our house so we can execute the judgments that are written. The Lord is going to trust us to release end-time cleansing judgments and words of consequences. And for that, we have to be emptied. For that, God has to allow circumstances. He doesn't create them. He allows us to walk in our own, the fruit of our own choices. And in those choices, he deals with us. That's why the wise virgins tell the foolish, go to the dealers to go buy your own. See, but it's too late by then. It's too late to get what they needed because they, 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 they started too late. That's why you don't want to miss it. That's why I'm sharing this broadcast with you. Now, therefore, today, many are being called apart by the Lord to be made ready to fulfill their part in all that's about to take place, both in the church and the nations. I want you to... Remember this, and Luke, I'm going to read this. Luke chapter 3, verse 2 says, Ananias and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, where? In the wilderness. Whenever God is going to bring a change on the earth, a change to a nation, a change to the church, he brings his forerunners out into the wilderness. Why? So that they can hear the Lord. He separates a people, a person out onto out into the alone time with God so that they can hear and receive a present word of the Lord. How many of you have felt so alone through all the pressure you're going through? I know I have. There's times you said, does anybody see? Does anybody understand? Does anybody care? And not from self-pity, but you just, you just feel so alone. And in that aloneness is where we're to find the Lord in a deeper way like Job. Remember I said yesterday with Job. I mean, Job was surely not a more righteous man on the earth. But when the pressure came and the, the enemy was able to buffet him, Job began to stand on his own righteousness. He's done nothing wrong. And he can't understand why God would be kind of unfair with him. He never cursed God. He said, though you slay me, I don't understand what you're doing, yet I'm going to trust you. And then the Lord comes at the right time 
and all his friends are bombarding and his wife saying, curse God and die. You know, he's got boils all over him. He's sitting basically in a pile of ashes. And many of you feel that way. Many of you have had that Job experience recently, you know, and you're saying, God, where are you? I've tried to do everything you wanted me to do, you know? And you can't understand it. And your friends around you say, sure, there must be something wrong with you. Maybe you're not doing this. Maybe you're not doing that. But all you've done is run after God. All you've done is tried to pursue the Lord. Yeah, you weren't perfect, but your pursuit of God, your love for God, your passion for God, yet you're going through these fiery circumstances and trials, you know, beyond anything that you can, uh, that, that, that should be normal. And you've looked for ways out and you prayed, you fasted, you, you spoke the word and, and you're still there, you know? But in that pressure, in that wilderness time, God is preparing you not only to receive a message, but to become a message. And if you notice in the fiery furnace, the fourth man, the son of man stood. And I said this yesterday, notice he did not walk them out. He just stood with them there and nothing touched them. All the buffeting around them, all the fire could not touch them. Because God's intention was to bring them out of that fire with not the smell of smoke or one burn on their body. The only thing that they, that were, they were bound by rope by the hands and feet. But when they came out, they didn't even have that on them. So the only thing that happened in that furnace was God removed the bonds that were keeping them in bondage. And when they came out of that fire, okay, when they opened the door to let them out, the king knew, said, surely the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego is the one true God. And they didn't bow their knee to that statue. You see, that's what this testing and proving is all about. Are we going to bow our knee down to another statue that wants to say, I'm God, bow down and worship me? A statue of gold, silver, money, whatever you want to call it, power, position, all the stuff that has even infiltrated the church. Are we going to bow down to those things? Or are we going to keep, or we, or we bend our knee to the Lord only? See, that's the key, beloved. That's the key. And so they found him in that fire and he was with them. And God is with you. And God has been with me and our family in the midst of this. We have gone through the most tremendous trials that you could ever imagine. And I, I've said yesterday, there were many times I cried out like David. Lord, I would have fainted. Have you ever said those to the Lord? I would have fainted. Unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You see, we are in such a season of transition and change and a burning fire of God is in us and around us. His glory is coming to refine us and move within us so that it can be seen risen upon us, like it says in Isaiah. And we got to cooperate with the Lord. And there's another voice from the church that says, you got to work harder. You got to work more. You got to do more things right now. You should be, you should be winning the lost at all costs. But but it's very difficult to do that when you are going through that wilderness, when you're being separated and apart for the Lord's purposes in a brand new way. Most people in the church and even leaders don't understand what God is doing in your life. And you try to explain it and they don't understand. But it's critical that we understand and we cooperate with the Lord rightly in this season of transition from the church age to the kingdom age. In this season in the wilderness, it's not about doing. It's about becoming. I'm going to say that again. It is not about doing. It's about becoming something different, becoming someone different, seeing Jesus in a completely different way, a completely different light. That's what Revelation chapter one is so powerful about because that's exactly what John sees. He sees Jesus as the Omega God, the finisher, 
We need to see that we need to have the revelation. We have him. We know him as the lamb of God. We know him as a deliverer, healer, right? We know him as all of the things that we've learned in the church age, but we do not know him as the God of justice. We don't know him as the God that's going to release cleansing judgments upon the earth. We don't know him in the power of a word of consequence. We don't know him that, you know, he's going to judge the nations. We don't know him that the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our God in Christ. We don't know how to rule and reign with him. We don't know how to be a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We don't know how to be kings and priests that will rule and reign with him as overcomers, as, as a new Jerusalem city. We've never been here before. So why would we think God would use the tools of the past to bring us into the future? Why would we continue going down a road that's ended? Jesus is standing at the end of the church age, knocking at the door of the church's heart to see if anybody can hear his voice differently. He says, if any man will hear my voice and open the door and let me in, I will come in and will sup with him. Now, supping is a marriage supper. Supping is where I'm going to share my feast with you. All things are now ready. I'm going to share the secrets and the mysteries. I'm going to bring you up here so I can show you the things which are going to come hereafter. This all comes in by preparation of entering that alone time, that wilderness season where God is calling us out of all the religious activities that the church is doing to be separated onto God for a, for a deeper purposes of the Lord. When he chose to fill those water pots, they were, they were, um, they, these were, they were set apart pots for, for, for sanctifying those, those pots were for sanctification that he used. Notice he used them, that which was set apart for sanctification, that, that could only hold the clean and the pure. That's what he filled. And that's what we're being filled now with, with that, with that, that clear, pure water that, 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 that the 90s brought forth for the, with the outpouring of the river of God. We're being filled to the brim. But then the time comes where God draws them out and it needs to change from, from one position to another, from water to wine. And notice, no one explains how that happened. You, not, not even theologians can tell you how God changed the mo molecules from water to wine. It just happened on the way to the master, to the, the, the master of the feast to taste it. On the way, on the journey, it changed. That shows us a supernatural divine intervention of the Lord, a finishing work of God that we have entered into right now. And that's why we have to understand this transition times. Now, Ananias and Sapphira and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came to John, the son of the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. That's Luke chapter three, chapter three, two. Spiritual new beginnings, and this is what we need to understand, often begin in a wilderness experience. Where did God lead the church in 2020? Into the wilderness experiences. He led us into the wilderness. He shut everything down. Pastors were forced to get on their face alone. What do I do now? People were on their face. What do I do now? How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to work? Notice that the Lord shut up all the economic system around us. We couldn't travel. We couldn't go anywhere. We had to wear masks. Look what, the, look what COVID did. Look at how the enemy used it to shut us down from that place. And, and in that, God wanted to expose our true motives and desires. Do we have a desire to go back to where we were? Or we desire to get back to living our lives the way it was? Or did we understand 2020 and everything that happened from the election until everything that came down the line? Did we understand that God was bringing a fundamental shift on the earth? Did we understand that, that God was now 
allowing the acceleration of darkness to come so that the acceleration of light, light could be greater. That's right. Even though the darkness is covering the whole earth, the arising brightness of God's arising ones will be greater than that. So bright that nations will come to our risings and kings to our brightness. That's what Isaiah said. Do you see that now? No. So you can claim kingdom all you want, but that's the kingdom when we arise, when nations come to our brightness. That's why if we take this kingdom revelation and light and build more organizations and structures, and I know my friends get so mad at me. I'm probably not their friend anymore. They get so mad at me because they think I'm attacking them. But you see, what, what they're doing is they're taking kingdom light and understanding and put it back in, into a church age wineskin, trying to function, doing the great commissions, trying to do all the stuff we do, but declaring we're in a different position and, and we're going to put this here and put this there and there. That's not what God is doing. God is separating us onto himself. He's separating us. And in that separation time, God is preparing us as a bride. The bride made herself ready. Does that mean we don't witness to people during the day or pray for people? Of course not. It has nothing to do with that. It's a heart set. It's a mindset. It's a transition. It's to see the change that God wants to bring. And in that change, we've got to see it. That's why we need that tribe of Issachar anointing so that we can understand the time and the seasons of the, of the Lord. Every husband needs that tribe of Issachar anointing to lead his family. Every wife needs the tribe of Issachar anointing to lead your family and your children and your grandchildren in the direction of the Lord. Why are we not saying this to our children? Why are we not teaching them this right now? Why are we allowing them to go? And we can't change what they're doing, but we need to be the voice, don't we? Of one crying in the wilderness that they need to change their ways and repent. Imagine if you shut your mouth and your children are not ready and your grandchildren are not ready because we don't want to offend anybody in this woke society. We don't want to offend our families because we might push them away from the Lord. But if they're not burning hot on fire for the Lord right now, if they're lukewarm or backsliding, how can you push them any further away than they are already? It's, that's a ridiculous conclusion. By you not telling them the truth spoken in love and in the timing of the Lord, you're not helping them. You're going to hurt them because they're not going to be ready or prepared. So we must. I must. You must. And as this fire burns in us, we will do it. <laughs> we will. Because it's going to come out of us. Because God wants our families together with us, serving the Lord, on fire for the Lord, which is what we prayed for. The pressure and what's coming on the world may be the very tool God uses to bring them back to where they belong. But God wants them to be ready now so that they can be overcomers over the enemy in these last days and not being chased by the dragon. Amen? Spiritual new beginnings begin often with this wilderness experience in the privacy, in privacy. That's why, you know, even when God sends us out to do the love work, when he sends us out to cities to pray for cities and pray for people, we are sent so differently. This work is so different, not better, just different. And oftentimes it's maligned, spoken evil about, looks like nothing. I, I can't even tell you the persecution that we have faced because of it. And I'm not saying that to make anybody feel sorry for it. I'm just telling you the truth. Because it looks little, because it's private. Because as we are sent, we are 100% dependent on where to go, what God wants us to do, what God wants us to say, what God wants us to pray. He shows us strategic places to go, strategic, strategic people to go to at the right time. And it doesn't look like much because you can't see it. 
the people that were sent to see it, the areas see it, not maybe openly, but, but God's glory is seen, but it's done privately. And why? Because a seed has to go into the ground. You don't see the tree when the, when the seed is planted in the ground. It needs time to germinate. It has time that it needs the, the sun, the water, the rain, the elements, the nutrients of the ground for it to grow. And so this forerunning anointing is like planting seeds. It's like making a way. And though it doesn't look pretty, you know, but John said it well, I have to decrease and God and God must increase. I hope this is making sense to you this morning. You see, I'm going to say this again. This transition, this new beginning begins with our wilderness experience. I'm hoping this will explain to you what's happening in your life, those of you that are watching it. Why do I feel so different? Why do I feel so strange? Why? I, I know this is what people want me to do, but there's something burning inside of me, my passion for him, my desire for him. I just feel like I, there's something happening in me that God needs. I need, I just, I need that greater discipline of God, that restraint, that harness of God so that I don't make my own unilateral decisions anymore. I, there's a desire for you to come under the complete headship of Jesus, come completely under his lordship and to be trained by him, to be equipped by him. I, the Lord will teach you and instruct you what in the ways that you should go. I want that, don't you? I want the Lord continuously, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to lead me by a cloud by day and a fire by night so that I am walking in his understanding without knowing it. I'm walking in, in, in his reasoning it. I don't have to be conscious of it. He said he's going to train me and equip me. I don't need to know everything. I just need to be able to follow the cloud. I just need to be able to follow the fire. I need to be led by the spirit of God continually in my thoughts, in my actions, what, what my plans are, what my desires are. And I want that from the Lord. I want, I don't want to do anything apart from him. Like Jesus said, apart, he said, he said, as, as the voice comes to me, I listen. And I only do what I'm bidden to do. I don't even consult my own will, my own ways, John chapter five. He says, but I only do the will of him who sent me, the will of the father who sent me. That's what full-grown sonship is, that we live and do only the will of God. And for that to take place, for the Son of God to be manifested in us, we have to cooperate with this spirit of burning, this spirit of judgment of Isaiah chapter 4, so that we can be beautified as, the, as daughters of Zion, that we can be beautified as a bride coming down, you know, uh, you know, like a new Jerusalem city. Because if we do and we allow God to do this, then true kingdom authority, power, and dominion will come forth out of our bellies like living waters. If we are truly led by that cloud by day, fire by night, we are not walking in our own understanding, our own will, our own purposes. We are totally led. And where we are led, we are fed. And where we are fed, we can walk in the power and glory of God. Where we are led, we are fed. And where we are fed, we are led. See, that's something. And when we're led, we are fed with what? the glory of God, the anointing, the double portion, the, the power, dominion, and authority, because we're not going on our own. We're not speaking on our own. We're not out there doing Christianity. We're not out there doing witnesses. Our life has become a witness. Our life has become the expression of his life upon the earth. See, that's what God is making us. And there's always a separating time. And that's where we are right now. God is separating us out from the church age. He's even separating many of you out of the church structure and function so that you can begin to get the new wineskin of the kingdom age to drink the kingdom, 
kingdom wine. If your church is not coming out of that transition, if the people you're with are not coming out of that transition, God is going to separate you out of that if you have this heart. Not that they're wrong, not that there's something wrong with them, not that, that, that they can't do what they're doing. It's just that God is separating you on for a deeper purposes, like those clay pots, so that he can draw out of you and make you become that new wine of the kingdom. This is not a message you're going to hear on Sunday morning. You're just not, okay? Because on Sunday morning, we're getting still the message of the church age. But what God has me on this broadcast is bring the message of the kingdom. They're one in the same. It's just two different days. It's just two different parts of the same working of God. One is for the first 2,000 years. The next one is for, the, for now and for the 1,000-year reign of Christ and beyond. And God is raising up messengers to begin to bring forth the third day message of the millennial age and that which is to come. And it's going to sound and look totally different than the first 2,000 years message. And they look like they're opposed to each other. They're not. Just one is the completion of the other. And so when you preach this, this is, this is where pastors and even FIFO ministers are having a hard time to grasp. What many FIFO ministers and apostles are seeing, they're seeing a governmental order change. And they want to, in that understanding, establish new governments by placing apostles here, apostles there, people here do things, change what we do here. But unfortunately, the root of that is still in the church age. Because what I'm sharing with you looks nothing like that. Matter of fact, have you ever seen a wheel within a wheel before? Ezekiel did. And he saw the functioning of Jesus, the wheel, inside us, the wheel, and us on the earth, completely in harmony with heaven, moving with the living creatures. Because every place the living creatures get went, the wheels went. When, when, the, when the living creatures were lifted up, the wheels were lifted up. When they moved to the right, they moved to the right. That shows us the oneness of being in Christ. It shows us the oneness of being in harmony with heaven and earth at the same time. We are not there yet, but God is calling a people like you out of this. And God wants to bring those people together to worship the Lord, to seek the Lord together, to be with the Lord together, to hear together God's end time plans and strategies. And we're going to do that in September up in the Northeast. We are, we're coming up there in September 28th through the 30th to gather those people that understand what I'm saying that understand the tabernacle of David and the worship of God, how David, before he ever went into war, always sought the Lord in worship and got God's instructions and strategies. God is going to rebirth things in your life if you come out to this gathering in September. Promises that you've lost, promises that got buried, promises that seemed that didn't come to pass. Some of these and most of these promises weren't for the church age. They were for now in the kingdom age. And now God is going to rebirth them within those that come. He's going to rebirth the things that he said over the regions of the Northeast and over New England and over the mid-Atlantic states. So you might be interested in coming and, and maybe uh, uh, Lynn, if, if you're watching, Reverend Lynn, if you could just write down September 28th through the 30th on there for me the gathering and just put the website address on there. You can check out where it is. I'm not even saying what it is. If you want to know, you'll have to go on the website. But this gathering of the saints is to form us into a body of Christ where each part supplies what the other needs. We are in a time of transition in this wilderness where God wants to rearrange everything in our life. He wants to rearrange everything in our families. He wants to re rearrange everything so that he can place us and put us where we belong. I believe many of you are going to have geographical moves in the days ahead because God has to connect you with the right people. And I know this is what gets 
many leaders upset. You're telling people to leave their church. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. But if you are hungry for God and you are a finger and you happen to be in a toe church, the Lord is going to quicken to you that you're a toe, you know, and a finger and you need to get where the hand is. And that may mean the greatest change of your life to be with the rest of the fingers so that you can function as a hand. But are you willing to do that? But my job's here. My family's here. Are you willing to do it? That's the question. See, that's why we're going through which we're fighting for everything that wants to save our life, everything that wants to defend our life, everything that wants to keep our life. The Lord is removing. We're being crucified by the spirit of God in the deepest way we've ever that cross. We're picking up that cross. And what is that cross for us? It's where my will collides, where God's will and it forms a cross. And it's in that place we have a decision to make. Will I accept God's will and die to myself and to what I want and, and live holy for the Lord? And God knows that we will never be able to fully do that without his intervention, without his finishing work. And so in that finishing work, he has to separate you out. He has to bring you to a new place and you'll be persecuted for it. And people won't understand. Why aren't you working? Why aren't you doing this? But you have to stay faithful to that heavenly call. Because this work, this third day work begins in the privacy of your personal relationship with the Lord. And if you look at Revelation chapter one, where is John? He's on the Isle of Patmos. Uh, he's ministering to there. He has uh, Theopolis around him and all. The, I mean, he has um, the guys around him that are writing down everything. But the Lord takes him up in the spirit on the, on, on the Sabbath day. And in that he has a new personal experience of the Lord. That's what I've been preaching. That is what God has been showing me. That is what God has revealed in me. That the, this end time work begins with a new personal experience and encounter with the Lord. He had us for two years go all, all over this country to have divine convergences so that people could meet that the Lord as he is revealed in Revelation chapter one. And then towards the end of last year, people started to take that word convergence and use it for their conferences and their gatherings. And the Lord said, I can't, said, I can't use it anymore. Why? Because it's not what he said. And it will be a perversion of what God has told me. So I can't use it. They can use it if they want to, but I can't use it. So that's why as we go forward, we're going to gather the saints together. In this time of alone, God is separating us from all else, everything, everything that could comfort us, everything that could satisfy us. Even our ministries, our callings don't satisfy us. Even the gifts of the spirit don't satisfy us. It, there is such a holy frustration and dissatisfaction and the pressure so hard, hot, hot sometimes that in, in the circumstances so strong, you can't even see God or see what God is doing. You don't see that you're in that fire not to be destroyed. Your family's not going to be destroyed. Your finances aren't going to be destroyed. Your health is not going to be destroyed. All they are going to do is be made pure. It doesn't look like it. It looks like disasters everywhere around, but it's not. And it's hard to see. It was hard for me to see it. You know, I, I mean, it, it's hard because you're being crushed. You're being broken. You're being dealt with. And you can see that the, where there's any bitter waters in you. You can see if there's any unforgiveness in you, judgmentalism in you, critical, criticalism, unforgiveness in you, attitudes, habits. They all come out in that pressure so that God will bring it to the, bring it to the surface. The, the, our work is not just to see it. God wants, he already knew it was there. We need to see it 
and then by faith, bring it into that fire because we can't fix it. We can't change ourselves, but the fire can. The fire removes it. The fire burns it up. We've got to say, God, I don't want these things in my life. I see I'm behaving like a baby. I'm acting like a jerk, God. I'm acting like I don't even know you right now. Those are honest things that come sometimes out of the pressure. I'm not handling this well, Lord. I can't take it anymore. He already knows it. But that when you see those things in this fire, bring them into the light of God's love. Bring them into the fire of God and God will burn them up. He will take that scoop and remove it. And in, in place of that, he will fill you with his glory. The deepest surrender of your life will be worked in you. The deepest emptiness of your life will come forth from you. The deepest dependence upon God will be worked in you. And you won't move without him. You won't breathe without him. You won't live without him. You won't talk without him. You won't move without him because now you are positioned and prepared to be led by a cloud by day and a fire by night. That's when he can fill you with the fullness of that glory that will be seen upon you. John the Baptist was called apart into a, des a, des a desolate place for a specific purpose. And this is powerful. I'm going to end the broadcast today with this. Later, while he was in that wilderness, when they asked him who he was, his response must be our response. This is what God is working. Unfortunately, today, when the apostolic and prophetic are boasting and talking only about their apostleship, promoting apostleship, promoting prophetic, in the name of teaching it, whatever. And everyone has to be called apostle somebody or prophet somebody. I want you to see that that's what the church age produced, a ministry. It produces apostles, super apostles, the apostle to the apostles, fathers to fathers. And in that, subtly, you might find a root that's not of the Lord that needs to be removed. Because in those things, by plastering our pictures on everything, speaking about all the things that we're doing, we end up boasting about what we're doing and boasting about us more than we're boasting of the Lord. So for every minister and person that God wants to use for this end time purposes and wants to trust with true kingdom power, authority, and anointing, that wilderness alone period with God is critical for God to cause us to decrease completely emptied so that he can increase. And this is where I'll end up. He was, John the Baptist, like Moses also, was brought into a desolate place for a very specific person. Purpose. When they asked John the Baptist who he was, his response reveals that deep work of preparation. It revealed the work of the Lord in his life. And that all took place in the wilderness. And I'll close with John 1.23. They said, who are you? And his answer, I am Apostle John. And I founder of this ministry, founder, pastor, teacher, evangelist. I'm John the Baptist, prophet of the hour. I'm John the Baptist, president of the school of, Pro uh, school of prophets. No, this is what God is working in this third day anointing to prepare a people that will be fit for his glory, filled with his glory. And it's this. He said, I am a voice. I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the ways of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said.
Do you notice anything in that response, beloved? I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. That means he was so alone with the Lord in that separation that he got the heart of God, the emotions of God. And he was saying, I am, a, I am God's voice and I'm crying in the wilderness to this people make straight the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make the crooked ways straight. At this present time, and this is where I'll end today, there are those like you. Oops, I just dropped my phone. Okay, I just want to. Okay, see if there's any more comments before I end this. Like you, beloved, that are being moved upon by the Holy Spirit in order to be made ready. Will you allow the Lord to do that this morning? That you might respond as John the Baptist did. You are being prepared, beloved, to become a true prophetic voice by the spirit of prophecy, whom the Lord will not only speak a word to, but will so fully reveal himself in you. It would appear like you would be speaking as Lord if he were here on the earth right now, that your life would become the reflection of his life. That's what this work does. John became the voice of another. Jesus became a voice of another. And we need to become a voice of another so that our lives become so transparent that when we speak, they see Jesus. When we move, they see Jesus, not us. That they can say, surely the Lord was in our midst. That's why when we gather together in his name, he needs to be seen, not us. He needs to manifest himself so that when people leave our gatherings and say, surely we were in the presence of the Lord. God wants to make your life beloved this morning, a reflection of his life. The pressure, all that you've been going through, all that you've been dealing with, it doesn't make sense, but you're here. And in it, you had to cry out to the Lord like never before. I, I would bet you, you, if you could write that on chat, you would say, that's exactly what it is. How many of you have faced, maybe you can write that, the most difficult challenges this past year, in these years, a couple of years. And the only thing that it did in you was create you to go deeper in the Lord, desperate for the Lord. And you had to hang on to God or you wouldn't make it. You, you would die. You would perish. All Everything would be lost. And you held on to that last thread of the Lord. And in that, you got so emptied. And you got a new understanding and a new dependency upon the Lord like never before. That's what happens when you find that fourth man standing in the fire. As soon as we begin to see that the fires are not going to burn us, the waters are not going to drown us, we're going to make it because Jesus is standing there with us and he's not leading us out. Okay. You know, he's not, he's not delivering us out of them. He's delivering us from them. And then we come out. Amen. And then we have a quality and the substance of God, a, a real substance of the kingdom of God, a real life of that, that our life looks like his life. Then when people see this, they see something different. 
When's the last time you had somebody say, say to you, you know, man, there's something different about you. How many of them have recognized the Lord in you without you saying something? That's what I want. I want his glory to be seen so powerfully, his, his presence so powerfully that I don't have to say anything. They'll see it. That's where we're coming into. For that, that's what Isaiah prophesied. And he said this, arise. That's what this broadcast is. And shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord shall be seen what? Risen where? Upon you. May it be unto us even as God spoken. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together today, Lord. I pray right now a release, an impartation, Lord, that this word would become flesh. I pray that you would strengthen all of those that have been called in this time of transition into the wilderness. I pray today, God, that there would be a supernatural release, strengthening, understanding and wisdom. And Lord, where we kicked and screamed and whined, we turn it today, Lord, to surrender and pure worship of you. I wish I could be out of these circumstances in my flesh, Lord, but if this is where you have me today, Lord, I will worship you right here. I will honor you right here. And like Job, though you slay me, I will yet trust you, God, because I know you're with me in the fires. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it's God who delivers us from them all. Lord, I pray such a strengthening, a quickening, enabling God, enabling grace, a deeper enabling grace, not only to endure this wilderness time, but God, the enabling grace that will bring us out of this wilderness, leaning upon you, our beloved. Lord, let a new and deeper passion for you and you alone burn within us. Lord, burn up everything inside of us that's keeping us from that passionate intimacy and oneness with you. We give you permission to clean the house, Lord. We give you permission to sweep it clean and fill it with your glory. And Lord, I thank you that in our brokenness, you're our strength. In our poorness, you're our riches. In our weakness, you are strong. Lord, I pray right now for all those that will watch this broadcast later that today, Father God, they will also receive that anointing. May the word of God dwell in us richly today, teaching and admonishing us, Lord, equipping us, enabling us with this enabling grace from your spirit. Let the word and spirit come together right now, Lord, to cause us to go up, right? To go up so that we can behold you and we can see the throne standing open in heaven so that you can show us the things that will come hereafter. God, I pray for us and for our families that this would spread through our families, through our children, our grandchildren, our spouses, Lord, our aunts, uncles, mothers, fathers, Lord. Lord, let your glory be known. Let your glory be seen. And I thank you for that, Lord. I praise you for that, Lord. And I give you all the honor and the glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, that's it for this broadcast. I have a couple of things just to share with you. First of all, I'm going to put up on this broadcast something new. I'm not asking you to give anything, but many times people ask me, Brother Henry, how can we bless you? We are, you know, I think apostolic prophetic missionaries, not claiming a title, but God has sent us out to preach this message and sending us out to cities and to be able to help change the spiritual atmosphere and much more. And you can find out all that information on our website. If you want to know, I don't, that's what this is not about that. But for those of you, maybe for the first time who asked me, we have a new way. If you just scan that code, I'm going to take it down in a couple of seconds. I'm going to leave it up there for you. If you scan that code, it goes right to our PayPal link. If you have to do this by the natural, okay, then you can go over to our 
website, and I think Reverend Lynn put it down there, uh, uh, right? Uh, Okay, I put it down there, but uh, she'll put, uh, if somebody could type it in for me, that would be great. Our website information, if you're still on, and our, um, uh, our donation link directly. But most of all, I want to invite you. The Lord wants to invite you to come to the Northeast. Okay, there's a gathering three days and three nights. No agenda, no guest speakers, but a separation unto God so that we can hear his present word for our lives, our families, and corporately. And I believe we're going to meet him as the God that births. He's going to rebirth things that have been dead and dormant. Those promises I talked to you about, in this time, much is going to be rebirthed. And if you need that rebirthing, if you've had promises that, um, if you have promises that no one, um, um, you know, that you've let go of or haven't seemed to come to pass for your church, your ministry, spread the word, spread the word, invite people, come. If you're in the Northeast, anywhere in the country, but if you're in the Northeast and, you know, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, any of the Middle Atlantic states, you don't want to miss this time together. I can't guarantee you there'll be big crowds, but the hungry and desperate ones will be there. It's not about how many people come. It's about who comes and why we're coming. We're coming to meet Jesus. We're coming to be with Jesus. Amen. And so please make sure you, you register. If you go online, you can register. And there's a hotel we have a discount discount with. Okay. And so we have a good room rate. And uh, it's going to be a beautiful time of separation unto God. Invite people. Please bring them. Come. And let's meet the Lord together, the God that births. Let's be changed together by the Lord that births. You can find that information on our website. Lynn just put it down on there for you. Also on our website, there's much information. There's those books I wrote about. They're free. You can download them. We have a, a, Somnist, uh, uh, a Somnist Henry Falcone YouTube page. I just got a, some new songs that you might that might be a blessing to you that you might want to listen to. They're free. I'm not trying to promote myself. I'm just saying these are tools and gifts God has given for you and for me. And so you can do that. It's just that Somnist, you go to YouTube, put in Somnist Henry Falcone and you'll find them. Well, brothers and sisters, Thank you so much for being on this broadcast. Whoops, I need to hide that. Huh? Okay. And we'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same station. Have a blessed and wonderful day. And thank you for watching. And please like, share, and subscribe this on YouTube and on Facebook. And send it out to your friends, please. If this is a blessing and you know those that need it, please send it. I love each and every one of you. Hello, Bill Bradley from New York. Love you, brother. Glad you're going to be able to come out. Nicole, how are you? God bless you. Sarah, God bless you. I didn't get to say hello to everybody that signed it. I think that's Joyce Wells. God bless you, sister. And all those that are watching. Lydia, God bless you. Donna, Lynn, everybody. Thank you for watching the broadcast today. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.